there are rumors of various kinds of of prisoner uh, exchanges or hostage releases. We've heard there might be one from 12 to 15 people. Uh, we've also Islamic Jihad, uh, which is another militant group in Gaza, released um, a video of two. Uh, Israelis, it says that plans to release on humanitarian grounds a 13-year-old boy and a 77-year-old woman. So nothing has happened uh, per se, but it seems like behind the scenes there are efforts to get something going. That is uh, the latest report from uh, Robert Berger out of CBS. And let's hope we get some good news today. But new this hour, uh, finally, Israel has agreed to that humanitarian uh, pause, and that's to get aid in and civilians out and out. when we say israel is in gaza not just in gaza they have arrived at that hospital that israel was accused of bombing that hospital's still there but they are right out front because israel believes that's hamas's headquarters you know under that hospital so it's a really dangerous time on the ground with uh, the IDF ready to take out the epicenter of Hamas. But right now, of course, as you heard with the report, there are these high-stake negotiations underway to release either all or some of these 240 hostages that are somewhere in those those tunnels. And then we do see these uh, two hostages, the 77-year-old woman and a 13-year-old boy, who are now being you know, offered as possibly released, but only, only if there's appropriate measures, according to Hamas, and that would be uh, more gas, and they want a five-day ceasefire, which I don't think is going to happen. So how many could we see released if, if it happens? And who, like, who gets chosen? A lot to this. Let's ask uh, Phil Andrew, principal over at PAX Group. This is a global crisis and conflict management consultancy and a former FBI hostage negotiator. Great to have you. Thanks so much for your time. Glad to be with you, Alex. So these negotiations, Phil, would be going on uh, since the beginning, um, and they're uh, with all the high-level uh, officials in Qatar and, I guess, of Hamas, the U.S., but what would be going on right now, given the position of the IDF and these hostages? What do those negotiations look like? Right now, they're at such a tense time because of the ground operations and the the, the belief that that in some ways there's an understanding of where Hamas is and, and its interactions with the with the local population. The um, right now the negotiators and those that are working to release these hostages are really trying to to discern kind of who they can trust. Really, both sides are, and that can only be done through consistent kind of transparent communication that has some action and verifiable information behind it. So when they say that they are they're offering to release someone, they actually have to kind of prove up that they have control over that person or influence over the people that have control over that person. And because the communication is so intermittent and it and it's traveling, you know, from the crisis site, from the hostages, you know, to these third parties that are operating, you know, the negotiations are taking place in a third country and that those interrupt, those communications can be interrupted. They can be intermittent yeah. and they can be confused. And, and what they discern doesn't always uh, prove up to what somebody's being able to say. And that's, and that, that may not be because the parties don't want to do it. It because they really don't have control over all those intermeaning communication sure. people. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible, um, you know, <laughs> how complicated, how layered it is. And so then, uh, you know, there's no guarantee of anything. Obviously, uh, Hamas, the more desperate they become, the better the chances are to get people out. They're desperate for gas and they're desperate to kind of recalibrate. On the Israeli side, though, they, they don't want Hamas to do any of that because they've got them right now where they want them. And so, you know, it becomes a real balancing act of how far you go, I guess, and, and who could come out. Because if you're going to make a negotiation, I would assume, Phil, you either want all or, or no one. Or or could we see this go on for months where it's like two, three here or 20 there? I mean, what? how long could this go? Yeah, I think that we have to be prepared. And unfortunately, you know, as, as hard as this is for the families and loved ones involved, that I think we have to be prepared for this to be very protracted, that be, because of it being in a crisis environment and um, there being such intermittent and so many people involved in the communication, that it's going to be protracted. And I think we can expect, the, you know, to see more of a trickle as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, of you know a large release, and um, and 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 that makes it very difficult. But but one of the things that's really important that we consider in, in these crisis negotiations is time, where we can buy time, create time, and time really affords us more opportunities because the dynamic changes over time, and the pressures, the interests of those holding the hostages. The difficulty of maintaining the health of the hostages changes over time, and and the ability to prove up the information and the dialogue that it's actually truthful and somebody can deliver on it, we we have the benefit of being able to do that where there's more time. Right. Yeah. And and as far as value, and I hate to be crass, but children, grandparents, women, soldiers. Is is that all part of the negotiation? Like who who has the most value to Hamas? Well, I think that in, in truth, um, be, because this is protracted, and, and so many of the families have been able to get their their, their stories out, that really all of these hostages have have value. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I think that that from a hostage taker is is the difficulty of maintaining somebody who has 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 you know underlying health issues yeah. um individual vulnerabilities that look those are hard to deal with even without a crisis so being able to um uh, release them and no longer be responsible because they're only valuable and this is it, this yeah. is a sad truth of crisis negotiation you know people are only valuable to the degree that they are are their well-being is being maintained and they're alive and so that's a, that can be a burden in a situation where um, it's a it's a crisis, it's a war zone, and uh, people are struggling even to get kind of basic needs met. So now you're, you're you're prioritizing the needs of hostages, maybe potentially over even other Hamas members because um, because of the importance they have in this overall strategy. And I might add that 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 thick looking at this monolithically, that like that Hamas alone, is, and that they have command and control over each one of these hostages, I think that would be a mistake. There are many other groups and fractions of groups, and now as time goes on, even within Hamas, the interests of individual sure. hostage takers 
those will change over time. And I, and I, I think we can see those fracturing. I think that adds to why we're going to see more onesies and twosies instead of, you know, a single kind of transaction here. Boy, oh boy, complicated. I very much appreciate your uh, kind of lifting up the veil and uh, explaining it. I appreciate your time. Thank you. That's uh, Phil Andrew, who's with PAX Group, but uh, was a FBI hostage negotiator. So let's see what the day brings, but it is not an easy thing.